Welcome back to another episode of the CHL Top 10 Show. As always, my name is Scott Van Kunit, and today I welcome back the man that's seemingly everywhere. That's TSN's Director of Scouting, Craig Button. We'll talk about what makes a good junior hockey team, which teams could potentially join the Saginaw Spirit at the 104th Memorial Cup presented by Dow, Connor Bedard's impressive start in the NHL, and who might be the CHL's next superstar. Here's Craig Button. Always excited to have my next guest join me, and that's TSN's Director of Scouting, Craig Button. Craig, thanks for joining me today. You know, we're about a month into the CHL season. The NHL's in full swing now as well. The days are getting cooler and shorter. The leaves are changing. Is there a better time of year? No, there isn't. I mean, you know, we think about the fall and the leaves changing, and I love the the, the, the seasons changing and the colors. You know, I'm driving and you see all the magnificent colors as the leaves change, but it's also a signal that the, that there's a new season upon us, not not just autumn falling upon us, but the hockey season. And, you know, you got the young players and junior playing, and, you, you know, they're excited and, and they're underway, and then the NHL is underway. And just think of, and you know, I'm watching opening night on, on Tuesday in the, in the NHL. Just think about all the players. The players that played with Connor Bedard, whether it be on the junior team in Regina, all the players that played against them. I, I would have to think that all eyes were fixed on Connor Bedard's debut in uh, in, in in Pittsburgh versus Crosby. And, and and you know, I remember Crosby's first game, and and that was 18 years ago. I, I think I think Connor was 85 days old when Sidney Crosby played his first NHL game. So you think about, you know, the span of time and you think about, you know, the changing seasons, you know, Sidney Crosby is still a superstar in the National Hockey League and certainly Connor Bedard is, is going to be a superstar in the National Hockey League. It's just, it's just really neat to see that kind of, that, that, that the meeting uh, uh, of a current great and, and certainly somebody that I, that I have no doubts will be, uh, will be a great in, in, in the not too distant future. Was there a cooler shot or could there have been a cooler shot than seeing Crosby face off against Bedard in that opening face off there? No, I don't think so. And, you know, we, we, we've seen some, some interviews with Sydney and, and, and Connor talking, and we've heard Connor talk about how Sydney was his idol. And, and interestingly enough, some of the things that Connor was talking about, how he watched how how Sydney talked, how how he carried himself, how he presented himself, and he said, "I always wanted to be like that." You know, everybody wants to be a top player, and you you try to look at your idols and and try to emulate them. And very few players can emulate the greats because it, their skills are so tremendous. But you know, to hear Connor talk about Sydney, and, and Sydney has been all of that and more. And you know, to hear Kelly Sutherland, the referee, you know, saying to Sydney and welcoming Connor to the game, but when that puck dropped. There was no niceties from 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 Sidney Crosby. He, he, if if there was ever such a thing as a as, as a clean opening faceoff win, Sidney <laughs> Sidney showed uh, Connor, hey, you know what? It's time to play. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, I was having a, I had a, a beer league game last night, and I was having conversations uh, with guys in the room, and they were talking about Connor Bedard and and being able to watch him. And uh, for me, it's exciting because, you know, we've gotten to know Connor over the last couple of seasons in the WHL and, and even watching him before that. And now for everybody else to recognize, you know, not only the talent that he is on the ice, but even we've seen in some of his interviews, the personality that you get out of him off the ice as well. So I think that's kind of cool that everybody is kind of getting to see that now as well. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right, because we, we, we do, we, we get that up front and up close look at, at Connor and, and we've watched him from 15 to 18 through that whole progression, that whole, uh, you know, as he's maturing and, you, you know, I sit and I watch him and, and sometimes I'm just amazed. I look and I go, you're 18 years old and you're mature far beyond your years. And that's not common. And, and you think about somebody that's been in the spotlight for as long as he has been and he handles it with, with, with great, great, Comfort, and you know he—he's only going to get that much more comfortable as as, as he spends more time doing it. But he—he's just a great spokesperson uh, for, for the sport, 
Uh, he he will be for his team and in time and and certainly for himself. And he's just wonderful when, when you think about how lucky we've been. And and I talked. I said this last year, and I said it the year before. I said, you know, get out and watch Connor Bedard. It, it's going to cost you twenty five, thirty dollars for a ticket to a, to a Western Hockey League game. Go and spend it because once he turns pro, and that'll happen <laughs> the minute he's drafted, it's going to cost you a lot more to go watch him play. So get to go and enjoy him. We've had the pleasure uh, of, of watching him in, in, in rinks uh, across Canada at the World Junior Tournament. Obviously, he played in two World Junior Tournaments in Canada, excelled at both of them. So to to be able to now, and and, and you're right when you when you see everybody else kind of going, wow, is look at how good he is and how impressive he is, and you know we're going, yeah, yeah, that, that that's him. <laughs> don't be surprised, and I don't think anybody's surprised. I I, I think it all it, it becomes something like. Like he, he he leaves you kind of awestruck, not only in his play, but the way he carries himself. And at eighteen years of age, you you, you know he doesn't he doesn't even look eighteen. Like, but here he is, you know, command. He's got a, he's got a presence, and 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 that presence is, is really significant. Now I've had people, you know, all summer long since he was drafted, you know, messaging me and and asking what I think um, he would be able to put up for points and. And even, you know, I've got, uh, I've got two boys that uh, are big Connor Bedard fans and, and my oldest, you know, he predicted 150 points. And I said, that might be a little bit extreme, but what do you think are reasonable expectations for, for Connor this year? So, so, so I'll answer that question. And I just want to talk about your two boys, you, you know, and their age and, and, and how the whole progression of this happened. You know, I think that, you know, you think back to him coming into the Western Hockey League, it wasn't a good team in Regina and, you know, but, but he went there, he, he had the benefit, you know, he didn't really get up and running until they went into the bubble in the spring uh, of 2021. But you, you know, you, he, he excelled. Then he went to the U18 and was, was an outstanding player. So you, you saw that very early on. Right. And, and then all he did was dominate everywhere he was <laughs> thereafter. So, you know, there's not been a level where he hasn't been able to, quickly learn, and then quickly dominate. The NHL, we know what it is. We know how good it is. And th th there's going to be people that are going to go, okay, show me. I get it. I get it. It's the NHL. But Connor doesn't doubt his abilities. He's got a tremendous underlying, quiet, determined confidence. I see him as in the 30-goal range, and whether that's 28 or 32 or 35. And I see him around the 70-point uh, mark. I, I, you know, a point a game in the National Hockey League is really, really hard to do. And I, I think last year, 70 points, I think there were 66 players that had 70 points or more in the National Hockey League. Well, you, you know, that's not a lot of players. You know, that's 10% of the players. So it, does Connor Bedard have that capability? Yeah, he does. So for me to put him into the top 10% of point producers in the National Hockey League, I, I, I think that that's – I don't think it's lofty. I think it's realistic because I, I, I've watched how good he's been, and I've watched how good he's been against older competition. Yes, it's better. Yes, they're older. Yes, they're more experienced. But as John Paddock told me in the spring of, uh, of 2022, and, and I, I've used this – Often, often, often. He said he's been in the spotlight since he was 12 years old, and there's been no spotlight too bright for this young man to shine. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I, I wanted to talk to you about your boys. Your yeah. boys, I believe, are six and nine. Is that correct? Six and that's, nine? Yeah, that's right. So, so I always have to do quick math in my head. Because you know, I you know you, you talk about comparable players, so that means you you, you got boys that were born in like twenty fourteen and twenty seventeen, right? <laughs> so now now think like your six year old is always starting to to really kind of glob on, right? So you you, you got to be really current, and even I find like two thousand and five is when Connor was born, and that's really when the rules when they when, you know after the lockout new rules and. He, he, what I call him is, I call him the, the lock, like a uh, 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 05 baby, not just because of his birth year, but because of the way the game changed. And the only, the game that's being played now is the only game Connor Bedard knows, the only game that those players all know. Your sons are going to grow up watching that and if they're playing, they're going to try to emulate that. But this is how hockey translates generations. You know, you, you have a generation, you have a young player like Connor Bedard who's 18 that was six and goes, Oh, I want to be like Crosby. Now you have young people like your son and sons. Oh, oh, I want to be like Connor Bedard, right? It's just magnificent. 
and, and again, it speaks to not only how Crosby came in the league and captured the imagination uh, of, of fans, but of young people. And I think that this is the same thing that Connor Bedard's going to do. And, and that's what makes it so special, generation to generation to generation. I, I always say this, you know, that, you know, as, as we get a little bit older and we, we, we're able to stay young because the, the young players coming into the game are, are really unique, are really gifted and really special. And then we watch the other young people that are fans of the game, players coming up that really look up to these players. It, it really is uh, something that I, I sit back and I, I feel how lucky I am to be able to watch this. You know, we talked about watching Connor. I just feel lucky that I, that like, I think back and I go, you know, I started watching him when he was 15, you know, <laughs> like, you know, when he, and, and it was the same thing with Sydney. I, I remember the first time I saw Sydney play, it was at the Max Midget tournament, uh, the U16 now in, in Calgary. And everybody was talking about Sydney. I, I remember going and watching, oh, yeah, he's the real deal. And here it is. He's 18 years in the league. And I'm like, okay, geez, like, uh, do I look that much older? <laughs> yeah. And he's still the real deal. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other question I, I always I always get is, um, you know, what what makes a good junior hockey team? Because it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the team's loaded with with draft picks. Although sometimes that does help. But when when you describe when you say, you know, that's just a good junior hockey team right there. What is it, what does that kind of mean to you? So I, I'm going to use the most recent Memorial Cup champions. Quebec Ramparts is an example here. And, you know, when, when Patrick came in there to coach, he drafted – a lot of those players were young. They were 16. You know, a lot, I mean, they drafted a lot of those players, you know. And and, and then he understood – Patrick understood that at, at 16, a lot of those young players, you know, were, were going to need time. And, and, and Quebec – you know, he was patient with that process as watch him. He made some trades. I mean, he ends up trading for Zachary Bolduck. He ends up trading for Justin Robidoff. Top player. I, I believe they had six or seven players that uh, that won the that won the Memorial Cup. Uh, the, the, my memory, uh, there was six or seven. There were there were members of the of the gold medal winning Quebec team at the Canada Games, <laughs> like you know Malatesta and Bolduc, and you, you know you, you you think about a, a number of the players. Like I mean, it was pretty impressive. You know, Robidoux was on that team, Malatesta. Anyway, you. He, he knew he had to be patient with the team and grow it and, and allow them to not only be, be confident in their abilities. I mean, when you draft these players and you get working with them on a daily basis, you know they're good, but but they need to become confident in their abilities and and really secure in, in terms of like, okay, I'm part of a team. This is how I'm going to carry myself. The year before in, in the 21-22 season, I remember watching uh, Quebec in the, in the spring I go, this is a really, really good team. And it was like, you know, and you're watching and you're and I've been, and I knew a lot of those young players like Malatesta, Robida, uh, Bulldog. I, like I knew them. I like, I knew them from when they were playing U16. And so you watch them and you're going, geez, they're, 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 this is a really good team. Robida wasn't there at that time. He got traded, but you knew. And then, you know, they come to the Memorial Cup last year and that was a good team. And I remember. Patrick, we were having a discussion. Patrick said, you know, last year I thought maybe they were a little bit more ready to, to take that step. And Patrick said we were a good team, but we weren't ready. And he goes, I, I, I maybe should have got another player or two, a little bit older player. So, so I'm going to answer your question here. When the Seattle Thunderbirds lost in the Western Hockey League final the year before to Edmonton, you know, they, they were good. They were probably like Quebec. And, you know, when, when they went last year and it was in, the, it was in November, Remember talking to me, they were looking for two defensemen. They ended up getting Luke Prokop back from the uh, Nashville Predators, and they ended up trading for uh, Chad Allen. <laughs> and, you know, it's the same thing Patrick did. You, you build your team. You, you know, you're not going to win with 16- and 17-year-old players. And, you know, you need skill. You need to be patient with that skill. So when I see a good team, I, I see a team that really understands how to play together. That's hard to do for individual players at this age. You know, to be able to mature, to understand, you know, they're all trying to pursue their own careers. They've been drafted. They're trying to be drafted, you know. So there's an individualistic approach to it. And, and, and a good coach, you know, you, you, you think about the different coaches that, that have been really successful. Certainly Patrick comes to mind. But, you know, understanding that, you know, how, how am I going to help them 
achieve their individual goals and at the same time help us achieve our our team goals. I watch, I can see the obvious talents of individual players, but when I see players that really transform, you, you know, their individual play in, in, into a bigger, uh, uh, what, what I shouldn't say transform, they transform it into more team-oriented concepts. That's when a team really becomes good. I think you have to, you have to be older. It takes time. You're coming out of U16. You're a top young player. I see it every year at the Linka Gretzky. <laughs> you got young players and, and 16-year-old players that have played in the OHL or the Western Hockey or the Quebec League, and they've been really good. Then they come to the Linka Gretzky, and they might not play as much. They might not even play. They might get cut, <laughs> you know, and they've never been cut in their lives. They've all been top players, right? And 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 then they have to understand, and, and that takes time. So, you know, it goes without saying that you need good goaltending and everything, but I, I really believe that to be a good – like, it's taking those those players and saying, we're going to help you individually. Now you got to help us as a team, and you got to help us, you know, understand that we're going to be a really good team. And ultimately, that's going to help you individually. You know, it's taking them from individual approach to team approach to help them understand, oh, yeah, this will help me individually. And I think the really good coaches do that. I'm not, and, and I think coaches need to learn how to do that, right? And, you know, we see a lot of movement around and teams are making only one team can win. And here's Patrick who won. And at the same time, he's sitting to himself going, maybe I should have done this last year. It, it's a learning process all the time, right? You can look at your team, but I, I really believe that, that, you know, when you ask me that question, that's the essence of becoming a really good team. When I watched Quebec play last, and Seattle, excellent team. Like, no, we saw what Peter Bro did. Kamloops, well coached, you know, we did. And Seattle was excellent. And like, I think about the Memorial Cup final game and Seattle didn't even have a foot in the game, not even a foot in the game. And you're thinking, you're going to yourself, that is a, that is an excellent Seattle Thunderbirds team. And it really, I think spoke to what Patrick did with his group of, of, of players to really help them understand, you know what, what we can achieve is far greater than any of us can do individually. I'm, I'm glad you picked Quebec, because that's a team that I, I referenced a lot last year where I was like, they're just a really good junior yeah. team. And and I know I have a lot of a lot of people that I talk to that watch the NHL and they'll tune into the Memorial Cup and then they look at the roster for Seattle and they see it stacked with high end NHL draft picks and guys that are gonna have great NHL careers and they say, I can't believe that team was beat by Quebec. And I said, Well, Quebec is a really good junior hockey team. But that leads me to this year's host of the 104th Memorial Cup presented by Dow. Um, you know, we're heading to Saginaw, Michigan, heading to the States for the first time since 1998. And I just want to find your thoughts, your current thoughts anyway, on what uh, Dave Drinkle and Chris Lazary have going on with the Saginaw spirit. 1998, the Portland Winterhawks won the Memorial Cup. I, I was there. We had, uh, uh, you know, uh, Brenda Morrill, who we had drafted in uh, in Dallas, uh, was a big part of that Portland Winterhawks team. Marin Hosa got hurt in the uh, in the, in the semifinal game. It's, it's see, uh, like you know what? I haven't aged all these years, and yet I remember back to '98. I, I was only I was probably seven at the time. Anyway, all kidding aside, <laughs> you know what, what's interesting to me, and and again, I I, I think that last year. You know, Saginaw, Dave Drinkle and, and, and his group, you know, they looked at their team. It was a good team in Saginaw. They had, you know, obviously Michael Mises there, Zane Parekh, who, who's going to be a first-round draft pick this year, really dynamic player. We know what he did as a, as a rookie in the OHL. You know, he, and, and he looked at his team. He said, okay, yeah, we're good enough, but are we good enough to be where we really have a serious shot at winning? And you know they, they knew that they were right in the process, right in the throes of, of 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 the of the bid for the Memorial Cup. And he he traded a top notch player, Pavel Mitchikov. <laughs> not that he not that he didn't like me, but but he just said, "Listen, I can really set up my team for for twenty three, twenty four, and th that takes a lot of of courage." That takes a lot of understanding of not only of, of your team, but also you don't want to, you don't want to, as, as a manager, as a group, you, you don't want to kill the spirit of a team. And so what you got, and, and you know, they're looking, geez, well, why did we trade him? Like, you know, we could maybe win here. And, and those are some of the tough decisions that a manager and, 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 a, and a team or an organization has to make. Dave made it. They made the playoffs. They, they had success. They, <laughs> they won their first round. And, and I think, 
all of that helped them. And so he recognized that there was something bigger at play here. You, you know how I just talked about how you have to take the individual has to learn how to become part of a team and it'll help. It's the same thing for a manager. He had to understand that like there was something bigger at play here that I was going to be able to give back not only to the team, but to the individuals by going through this. And it's a good team. It's a, it, 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 And he's going to have an opportunity to, to do some things to strengthen that team again. We saw what Seattle did to strengthen their team. We saw what Kamloops did to strengthen their team. Quebec strengthened their team. You know, uh, you know, Peterborough strengthened. That's what teams do. But David, I think, and his group are in a great position. They have players now that have gone through some some really good uh, experience, not only in the OHL playoffs. You know, Zane and Michael, you know, were part of the gold medal winning Helenka Gretzky team. That's going to help them. But they, they got good players and they got a good team. And I, I I really believe that, you know, Dave looked at it and he said, yeah, we might have been able to push a little bit further last year, kept Minshukov. But would it have it, it pushed them any further along? Probably not. But at the same time, he, he, he understands, I'm going to really put my team in position to be successful this year. I think, I think number one, they're going to be a great host. I know they're going to be a great host. And I think as a, as, as a host team, they could go in there as the champions of the Ontario Hockey League. That's, the, the, that's where they're at. And I, I, I'm, not, I'm excited about watching the team play. I was excited watching them last year because of Mason, because of Parak. And, and, you know, and I'm even more excited to, to, to watch them again this year all the way through the Memorial Cup. And I, I think they have a real strong chance uh, to be a, 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 not only a, a, a champion in the OHL, but to be a Memorial Cup champion. I, I think they've set themselves up really, really nicely. I don't think people really realize how difficult it is as a, well, to win the Memorial Cup, first of all, but also as a host team to, to win your league and then also win the Memorial Cup. We haven't had somebody do that since the 05 London Knights. Um, so what makes you, you know, feel that, uh, that the spirit could, could pull that feet off? Well, n- number one, you know, I talk about the age where they're at, you know, and, and some of the experiences the experiences they've gone through. You, you, you look at some of the – and I talk about Michael and I talk about Zane. Like, you know, Zane scores 21 goals as a 16-year-old. I mean, Michael, exceptional status, comes in and was, was a really good player. And they're only going to be better from those experiences in the OHL. They know what to expect. But, but Dave has so much experience in the league. And, you know, again, like – you, you're trying to set up your team. You, you know where you, where you want to be at in terms of your league and then ultimately Memorial Cup, which is so – I mean, the Memorial Cup might be the hardest trophy to win <laughs> because not only do you got to go through the grind from, let's say, the beginning of September to May to win your league, then you got to go play, you know, uh, two other league champions and, and a host team that's been, you know, waiting or champion in and of itself to, to, to try to beat them. I mean, to win that is really, really significant. Now that being said, and when you, and when you go through it and, and when you watch it, I think that they, they're mature. I think they have older players. And again, Dave, I think has, the ability to go and add some players to his team that, that's going to strengthen it, that's going to make it a better team going forward. But it doesn't, you, you can't do that if you don't have the fundamental players and the fundamental positions covered off. And and they do, they do, they have it covered off. And, you know, you, you, you look and, and, and you think about how you build a team and how you have to be patient. Saginaw has done that. They've been patient. You know, they end up, you know, it's, it, it's interesting they drafted Adam Fantilli late in the first round in, in the OHL. Adam never came, but because he never came, they got a compensatory pick. So that ended up being Zane Parekh. <laughs> like, you know, like I, they weren't looking at it that way when they they were hopeful to get Adam. But, it, but it's turned out to be Zane Parekh. And, you know, that type of thinking, and, and, and it, it's not so much necessary saying, well, we'll end up with this player. It's about putting yourself in position to take advantage of some of the things and decisions you've made previously. And I, I think they've been measured. I think they've been really shrewd and really smart in how they've moved forward. And I think that that's, a, you know, that really becomes significant if you want to be successful, not only not, not only in your respective league, but to get to the Memorial Cup and, and be a team that uh, uh, can be a serious contender to win. Yeah, they might have uh, some of the best centers in the OHL with Hunter <laughs> Hunter Haight and Sapovalov and, and Joey Willis as your top three centers, which allows you to have play 
a guy like Michael Misa on the wing who's a natural center himself. Well, again, all the pieces, right? Like everything that you want to be able to do. And and not only, like you think about Sapovalov, I mean, he, he he's going to play in the World Junior again. I mean, he was, a, he was a good player last year. He's going to be a better player. And so even that stretch when he leaves to go play in the World Junior Tournament, that, that experience is going to help him. And then he's going to come back, right? You know, Hunter Haight is, you know, he was a player that's really smart. He's got, he, he just needed some physical maturity. I'm back to the maturity process, right? So you, you have Hunter Haight a couple years ago he, he, he's not ready to, to really take hold of a game he is now <laughs> and you need players that can take hold of a game if you want to be a champion uh championship caliber team at any level you you, you have to have those players it doesn't mean that they don't have capability but but they have to have the maturity in, in so many different areas to take hold of a game and to say this is how I'm going to grab a hold of it and this is how I'm going to make my impact that's where they're at and I, I I just believe that you know when you when you look at all that and and again there might be you mentioned Joey Willis right like Joey Willis is not a household name. Joey Willis is not a name that everybody's going, oh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, he's the next great player in the NHL. But he's a player that's going to help that team be successful. <laughs> and that is incredibly important. Now, they also this year have a nine part docuseries, Spirit Uprising, following them, you know, behind the scenes look at the team throughout the year. Uh, episode one has already ran and, and you can watch that on CHL TV if you, if you so choose. Um, but what does something like that do for, for the team, for the franchise, getting them aware of the, you know, the bright lights of cameras being around, especially heading into the Memorial cup when, when TSN is going to be there all the time. And, and what does that kind of do to help put a spotlight on the franchise itself? I'm going to start with the franchise first. You know, you, you just mentioned that, you know, it's the first time a, a U.S. franchise is hosting the Memorial Cup since 1998 when Spokane hosted it. So when, when, when you consider that this is a, you know, a good franchise, you know, they, they, they've really been able to, to build up a following and they've had success, you know, as a team, that's really important. And, and you know, recruiting is a big part. Uh, of junior hockey and it, it, yeah there's a draft but you have to have a, the players and their families have to have a sense that this is a good place uh to go and to be where i can develop and not just on the ice but off the ice so to, to, to be able to use that and, and i don't want to use it loosely but as a marketing tool to to let everybody and, and a recruiting tool that, that, that's incredibly important it, it's a well-run organization Craig does a great job as an owner right at the top, and it, it, it permeates all the way through. Then, you, you know, like the young players, you know, they watch and everything. But now, to, to you, you make a great point. Now you're going to be in the spotlight. Now you're going to be asked and, and, and to get comfortable with that, right? You know, last year, we go back to the Quebec Ramparts. They were putting 18,000 people in their building, you know, for the playoffs. And, you know, and Patrick's been used to the spotlight, so he can work with them and let them understand it. And I think it's really good for the young. I don't think it's just good for the young players for the Memorial Cup. It, it, it's tremendous experience for them to go through this. It's also going to help them in everything they do going forward in their lives. Everything to be comfortable, comfortable with themselves, expressing themselves. They're going to be asked. Michael Meese is going to have a microphone in front of him for the next 20 years. So this is just, this is just part of his uh, kind of training and education in that area. And other players are going to be able to have the leaders of the team are going to have a chance to talk about the team. And, and so, you know, when, when you get, when, when you get, Players and I, I always try to do this when I'm around the U17 tournament, the World Under 17 Challenge, or the Lake of Gretzky. I, the players are young at that those points in time. Some of them are 15, most of them are 16, 17 at the Lake of Gretzky. I don't want to ask them hard hitting questions. I want to I, I want to get them comfortable talking, <laughs> just like you know what they what what they're. And I think that this is another example of that with the Memorial Cup and the you know the nine part docu series for the Saginaw. For the Saginaw Spirit, so the Saginaw Spirit players that are going to be able to 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 be comfortable with with the spotlight around them, to to to, to be in, in 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 the in the focal point of, of of the community, and 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 the players are representing the team. You have stakeholders and sponsors that are part of uh, you know supporting the team. So all of this works together, 
And when I say it'll help all the players as they move forward, not just into the Memorial Cup, but long after, I, I think it's just a tremendous experience. It's a tremendous effort to to work with the players and the organization uh, to give them that education and that experience. Well, so we've talked about the host team. You know, we've got some other teams that are in the tops of the CHL top 10 rankings. Maybe we'll touch on a few of those uh, to see who could possibly <laughs> be joining Saginaw. The very early look um, at who could possibly be at the 104th Memorial Cup presented by Dow. Let's start out West. And, uh, you know, the, the top three teams out West right now currently, uh, based on the CHL top 10 rankings, would be Portland, Moose Jaw, and Saskatoon with with Portland being at the top right now. Moose Jaw obviously just got Denton Matejchuk back, their captain. Um, and and Saskatoon with, with Lazowski and Sidorov look like a pretty dangerous team as well. What do you like about those teams kind of quickly? And then we'll touch on uh, a couple other O teams and, and Q teams. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm going to keep, keep a sleeper alive out there. The, the Prince George Cougars, okay. The Prince George Cougars are a pretty good team, and they, like they're don't make sure you keep pay attention to that. But but we're gonna pay. Yeah. I just well, we can now. we can quick we can quickly talk about the about Prince George because, like you said, right now they are a juggernaut. They're averaging over six <laughs> six goals a game. They might have you know the 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 surprise player or breakout duo of the year in and Tarek Parasek and, and Andre Becker. So why don't we start with, we'll start with PG then, because we got those two guys there as well. And and the recently drafted uh, Riley Height and Cohen Zemer. So they're, they're a young, exciting team. Is the offense sustainable out there? Yeah, it is. Because Mark Lamb and Jimmy Playfair are coaching that team. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm, 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 Riley Height was, was a 16-year-old player. And he was a frontline center. Cohen Zemer was was young, you know. He had the late birthday, so he had to wait a year for to, for his draft year. But Mark told me, he said, he goes, you know what? These guys, these younger players, are really good. We're going to give them every opportunity. There's going to be some growing pains here. It, it's interesting because we're we're back to the whole maturing process, <laughs> which is you know, and there's so much evidence of it, right? Like, and that's why I'm confident when I say that. But like, you know, now you're looking at a team, Riley Heights, eighteen. Cohen Zemer's 18. Zach Funk, he's come over. He He's terrific. You talk about Parasek. I mean, I watched Parasek play at the edge. I watched him. I go, yeah, he's, he's got some skill. I knew where he'd been dropped. Like, just taking around. Becker, you know, Kemich on the blue line. I mean, I mean, this is this is a team that, uh, like, goes after it. Keep in mind that Mark Lamb was part of those great Edmonton Oilers teams <laughs> that were offensive juggernauts. So Mark Lamb is uh, is somebody that's going to uh, embrace uh, an offensive juggernaut. He, you know, sometimes what you have to do too, you know, we ask, is it sustainable? Six goals a game isn't sustainable. I think we know that. But at the same time, Mark, Mark will wait for the opportune time to say, okay, we got to go and try to win this way. But the maturing process is – Riley Height now, you know, two years under his belt, you know, understanding, okay, I can do more than just score. I, I, I can help them. I, I'm, I'm drafted. I, I, I don't have to worry about that. Becker, all those players can just go and play. And I think that that becomes really important. But they are a juggernaut. And, you know, but again, it's Mark told me that two years ago when, when Riley and was 16. And so now here we are two years later, and, 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 he, and they're much, much better. Portland is always going to have a good team. Mike Johnson does a great job in, in Portland. You know, they have good players. They're patient with their process. They they let young players play as much as they're capable of playing and showing. But then they get to a point where they go, okay. And, and, and Portland right now might be a perfect example of a team that might not have all these, you know, high-end prospects. But what they have is, is this ability. Uh, did you see that? I did. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. <laughs> Some balloons. <laughs> I, honestly, I didn't do anything. I just went like this. So I don't know. There's magic in these fingers. Yeah. yeah. I don't, not a template. Anyway, you could do with, with with that with what you wish. But, you know, they might not have household NHL prospects, but they're a good team. They're a really good team. And and Mike Mike does such a great job. Saskatoon, you know, you consider what they've done and, and how they've been patient last year. I mean, I mean, 
Connor Bedard gave them a run with their money. You know, Colin Priestner said to me, he goes, can you imagine this? We win 40-plus games, and our reward is, is we get Regina, and we got to try to find – it goes to game seven before Saskatoon. Five, but they're ready. They're ready to take that next step. They're ready. Again, you know, you think about Tanner Molendyke, a first-round draft pick. You know, they got a really good team there. They got players that are hungry and hard. And, and again, just look at the ages. Just go look at the ages of these teams. Down the Moose Jaw, that Medaychuk, I mean, he controls the game. You know, uh, you know the Furcus Circus or Furcus Soleil, if you want to use it in bilingual terms. I mean, Jagger, I love Jagger. I love the way Jagger plays. I, I think he's such a fantastic player. And, I, I, again, Alan Miller, who is now in Regina, he drafted all those players when he was with Moose Jaw. And, 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 he, and you're drafting them at 14, 15, and here they are. Here they are all now at that age. 19 years of age, and yeah, Matejchuk, I mean, he'll be on the World Junior team. I think Jagger Furcus has a great chance to be on the World Junior team. You're looking at players. I mean, let's not forget about Brady Yeager. I mean, the, the Pittsburgh's first round. I mean, these are all, like, players that, uh, that, that are difference makers in the game, and they're not the only players. they got lots of good players around them, and, and when we talk about that maturing process, and, and what I would say is, yeah, Prince George has some really – top quality high-end players but Moose Jaw might have when we talk about NHL pedigrees you know for prospects Moose Jaw might have have the most uh, of anybody and 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 they're a well-balanced well-rounded team PG kind of reminds me of uh, the Winnipeg Ice from the last couple of seasons a really high octane team Um, let's let's turn our attention to to the Quebec League uh, you know, Ruan Aranda started off the year as our top-ranked team. They've they've kind of struggled to score out of the gate. Um, they've only dropped one game in regulation as of right now, but they they're they're losing in extra time. Um, and then you've got Halifax still waiting on Jordan Dumais to come back there. But what uh, what do you like from both of those teams? You also have Bay Como, who's been off to a hot start, and um, and Drummondville, which should be a, a strong team this year as well. Yeah, well, you know, Drummond. So let, let's look at. I mean, it's it's interesting. I'll put Baycomo aside for for right now. I mean, they're a team that's trying to push themselves up into that category of take us seriously, and you know, they're like, and and they're working at it and and trying to find their way. And you know, you, you want to see you want to see some teams maybe out of the mainstream have 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 an opportunity to to to, to push themselves into the what I would call and in, into the stage of of recognition. And that's where Bay Como's at. Ruan Naranda's won. We know what Halifax has done. Drummondville has a great reputation. Ruan, Ruan, you know, obviously they got some players over from the Quebec Ramparts, <laughs> including the goaltender, <laughs> which isn't going to hurt you, right? So, you know, they got a lot. Of, they got a, They might not be scoring like in, in, in overtime right now. They will. I don't think there's any question that they're going to be a team that's going to find its way, and 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 they have all the elements. And and when you have a goaltender such as they do with that winning pedigree, you know Russo just gives you a sense. I got it. Don't worry. Take as long as you need to score. They don't need to score in October to win. Well, you do need to score in October to win, but ultimately this team is too good. They will they will end up finding their way. Uh, Halifax, Cam Russell. I mean, Cam Russell to me has done for years what I just talked about Dave Drinkle doing in uh, and Saginaw doing with the spirit. You know, recognizing when it's time and recognizing when it isn't. And, and you know, he he was patient with some of the young players, Jordan Dumay amongst the amongst them and and now they're ready to push they're ready to push they're ready to be a serious contender you know you think about last year i mean they had a great series versus the quebec ramparts you know it looked like maybe they could turn the tables maybe you know but you know quebec was that strong and i but i think that that's going to serve halifax really really well halifax is ready to win like they are ready to win and cam is he, he he's got his finger on the pulse his coach last year, Sylvain Favreau, happens to be in Drummondville now. <laughs> and we saw the moves that Drummondville made acquiring, you, you know, they have some really good players there. And 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 players, again, that, that can drive play. Older players, older players on the blue line. They got that size and that length on the blue line that make it really hard to play against. And, and I think Sylvain, having gone through the experiences of Halifax and, and losing last year to Quebec, uh, you know, I think he he understands fully and completely what the challenges are of, of trying to get your team to a certain point. And I think he's got a team that can do it. I think it's, you know, last year, 
I don't know when it was. It might have been February. When I looked, and it was pretty clear to me who, who the best four teams in the league were. And th- they were the four teams that ended up playing in, in the conference final. I'm not so sure that we're not going to get to that point <laughs> sometime in February again, because I do believe that those teams and 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 I I I, I have no doubts about Rouen. Yeah, you you, you want to see it, right? But certainly Halifax and certainly Drummondville ha- have what it takes to be one of those final four teams. I know it's early, but but I think we'll get to that point where there'll be a real separation amongst the top four or five teams in the rest of the league. And and we didn't even talk about Victoriaville, which might have the best one-two punch in net in in CHL goaltender <laughs> yeah. of the year, Nathan Darvo and Gabriel Degg. So there's another team you got to always keep an eye out for. And and and, and when I look at uh, you know Davro and Dag, you know Dag is such a promising young goaltender. Davro, the reigning goaltender of the year in the CHL. They're the type of team that if you if you're play, you don't want to play them in the playoffs because they're the type of team that can they can flat out beat you because they just become they frustrate you because you can't score on them because the goaltending is so good and then they find a way to get the right goal at the right time and certainly when you when when you start to push along those lines I think it becomes a team to to be leery of. <laughs> well, we'll shift back to the OHL now. Um, we obviously already talked about Saginaw. We've got one of the top-ranked teams in the in the CHL in the London Knights, who you know they just always seem to be there. <laughs> um, Sioux Greyhounds are going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder after not being awarded the right to host the Memorial Cup this year. And then and and all three of those teams are obviously in the Western Conference. You look in the Eastern Conference, see what Adam Dennis has been doing, building in North Bay over the last few years, and the Sudbury Wolves are they ready to take that step there as well? Well, let's start with London. It should come as no surprise that uh, Mark and Dale Hunter have the London Knights. I mean, they lost in the OHL final last year. It was, you know, unfortunately, you know, their goaltender ended up getting hurt. And I'm not going to suggest that the outcome would have been different. But, you know, certainly that uh, that gave a leg up to the Peterborough Peets and give them full marks. They took full advantage of that. But London is is so good. I mean, you, you know, I, I think about Sam Dickinson. And you know, he was a 16-year-old defenseman last year, you know, playing 20-plus minutes in the playoffs. He had zero penalty minutes in the playoffs. If that doesn't scream efficiency, we, Oliver Bonk, a first-round draft pick, they get Casper Halton in. You, you, you know, that that high-end skill that they've been able to add into there, Easton Cowan is going to be a front-line player for them. So, you know, the, the, when I look at the when I look at the London Knights, you know, you know, they just made the trade to get a goaltender now, that experience, right? When I look at the London Knights, they're going to be a tough out. I don't care who they're playing. They're going to be a tough out. And certainly we talked about Saginaw. You know, Saginaw is going to have to, you know, the, they're going to have to go through London. I should say Saginaw or Sault Ste. Marie are going to have to go through London, right? And, you know, and, and, and ultimately that sets up, that sets up uh, great competition. Stu, you, you talk about the chip on their shoulder. You know, I, I, I think Kyle Raftis does such a phenomenal job up there. You know, uh, you, you know, you think about John Dean coaching and, uh, you know, everything. I mean, he's going to coach one of the U-17 teams. I, I, I think it's great for him to have that experience. They're well coached. They're, they're older. And, and, and again, you, you talk about the, they just quietly go about their business. They just – yeah, we're up here in the Sioux. You might not be paying attention to us, but like we're going to be there. And and and, and I think that, that I think they're legitimate. I really do think they're legitimate. Sudbury's really interesting. Sudbury's really interesting because again, you think about you know William Villeneuve who was sixteen last year. He's seventeen. Quentin Musty's a little bit older. You know, I, I almost see Sudbury maybe as where Quebec was in the twenty one twenty two season. You know, what, what What are they going to be able to do in terms of, like, try to add to their team? And, you know, it's a, it's pretty competitive, you, you, you know, with, with, with respect to what they're up against. But, you know, last year in the playoffs, you know, I'm, I'm going through those experiences. But, you, you know, I, you know, Rob might have to make the same decisions <laughs> that Dave Drinkle made. You know, are we better served to look at our team for next year as a point and there's turnover and we know the players might be turning pro you might be losing players so it's a balancing act north bay yeah i'd watch out north north bay has a chip on their shoulder too because they're not happy about being up three two in their series last year versus peterborough and then losing game six and seven because it was a good team last year 
and 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 they're a good team this year and 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 they're a hard team they're they're a competitive team much like peterborough was last year hard to play against hard to get up hard to get an upper hand against everybody's committed together everybody plays together and i think that that's only going to build uh over the course of the season and and when you when you consider that they did lose last year, you know that's that's something that's fresh in their minds and something they want to try to uh, make, make a significant change to. Those, those are those are really good. But you know, with Ottawa sixty sevens, I I didn't think the Ottawa sixty sevens could be beat last year. I, I really thought that they were set up to be in the Memorial Cup, win the Ontario Hockey League. That's the beauty of uh, junior hockey. And, you know, teams are closer than sometimes we think they are. <laughs> and, and, you know, as you as you proceed through the playoffs, you know, that's where you see And Again, I'll finish with this. That's where it becomes really essential and difficult at the same time where managers have to look at their team and go, are we ready? Okay, what do we need to be a little more ready? And, and maybe we're – maybe this year isn't our year to be ready. And and th- those aren't easy. Fans want their team to go for it all the time. <laughs> and trust me, players want it, managers want it, coaches want it. But you, the, to be able to balance that out becomes uh, uh, a, a real skill in in terms of assessing it, and then you know following through on on the on with, with your convictions. Well, I know we don't have much time left, but I wanted to quickly touch on the under seventeens because I know that's one of your favorite events to go to and yep. and follow along with. Um, go, going from three Canadian teams this year down to two teams. Do you like that for the competitiveness for, for Team Canada? Well, it'll be more competitive. I mean, it, like, you know, when you have three teams, the, one, one of the big things with Hockey Canada is, you know, when they went from five teams when it was regional to the three Canadian teams, you know, it, it, really trying to help the development process, right? So, you, you know, the, you start to look at where they're at with respect to 66 players going as opposed to 44. And you, your talent pool, right, is, you know, you're, you're getting to the higher part of the talent pool with two teams instead of spreading it over three so that is absolutely going to make uh, uh the two canadian teams more competitive there's no question about it but it's a great tournament for the young players to partake in and, and what i love about it the most the tournament used to take place over christmas and you, you know you have all that time october november december where the young players the the 16 year old players they're trying to find their way. The coaches, you know, are looking at them and they're going, okay, yeah, we know you're a first round pick or a second round pick. We know you have problem, but you're not ready. They get the, they get the opportunity now to come to, to the OHL, the Western Hockey League and the Quebec League and play. They get a taste of it. Then they get to go back to this tournament, an international tournament. They get to measure themselves against the other players across the country and around the world. And, and they get into their age group and, and they can really take what they've learned and push it into their own age group level competition. And then they come back, and I think they come back more ready, more assured of themselves, more confident in their abilities to play. So I love the fact that it's in November. And and, and, and since they've gone to this format, and I really see a benefit for everybody involved with the 16-year-old. We know they're good players coming out of U16, but, you know, it, it's hard. It's, it's a hard jump to, to, to the CHL. And I think that where this tournament is positioned really helps those players get get a better understanding and a better footing and ability to help team help their respective teams when they come back from the U seventeen. Again, just for me, I love it. You're right; it's a phenomenal tournament to watch, and it, it becomes a it becomes a real significant uh, uh, opportunity to identify the, the the next generation of players that are coming up. Like you know, and I get I get a little I get I get fortunate. I get to watch. Uh, you know, some uh, uh, U16 in, in, in the West. I get to see some uh, U17, and Quebec, and certainly the OHL uh, with, with their U16 program. But to see all those players, you know, playing against one another, it, it really is. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to kind of – because you're not going in there to evaluate. You're going in there to observe and go, wow, look at that. Like, well, look at him. Look at him. It's it's really special. And here we are. We're coming up to the NHL draft in June of 2024. And I'll be referencing back to November of 2022 when I started to see a lot of these players for the first time. Well, one of those players, most likely the roster hasn't been announced yet, would be um, – Medicine Hat Tiger Gavin McKenna, who doesn't turn 16 until December 20th, and he's already leading his team in scoring. Put up some some 
big numbers last year uh, as an underager. Um, the, to say that he can break out even more after this, it's just a, a scary proposition. Well, it, it's scary, but it's accurate. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know what's great about this? And as we finish, and I, I think we should finish it, we started with Bedard. And Gavin McKenna is Bedard's cousin, so we'll, we'll bookend this with with with, with bloodlines. <laughs> so we're talking about Connor Bedard at the beginning now. And Gavin McKenna is is a tremendous player. He 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 is so talented and so driven, and he's not eligible until the twenty twenty six NHL draft because he's got a December uh, birthday. So when, when you watch him play at this age, you, you know, again, I'm going to, I'm going to encourage everybody in the Western hockey league, you know what? It's going to cost you a lot more money once he turns pro than to watch him play, get out, some, buy a ticket and go watch Gavin McKenna. He's worth the price of admission. He obliterated the, the, the Canada games last year, you know, in terms of scoring and presence and everything. Excellent player for medicine. He started out the year. Fantastic. He, he's going to be on the team. He's going to use. In fact, I would suggest that he will be a frontline player and maybe the marquee player there for, for, for Canada. You know, there's other players from around the world that, that are coming there, but for Canada, I think he'll be the marquee player and he's the real deal. The skill and, and the drive and, and, and the understanding of how to utilize the his, his fantastic abilities to make a real impact and dent into the game. At 15 years of age, I'm, I'm, I'm massively impressed. When I, I had to go down last year and just see him because, you, you know, he, he played in Kelowna and, you, you know, Byron Ritchie, his son Ryder's playing in Prince Albert, a top pick, top uh, prospect for this coming year's draft. Jerome McGinley's at the same thing. And, like, you know, to hear to hear them talk about Gavin McKenna – before he did, before I even saw, it, I was like, okay, yeah, I think I think those two gentlemen have have, have some real uh, uh, gravitas when it comes to talking about good hockey players. And Gavin is is, is a tremendous, like he really is. And I don't want to try to make him out to be bigger than he is, but he's big. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, Craig. This has been amazing as always. Thanks for taking the time with me today. Uh, let's do it again soon. It's always my pleasure to do it with you. It's always a pleasure, and I do. I get a great thrill talking about the young players. It's the future of the. It's the future of hockey, and the future of hockey is bright. So thank you. I'll have to get Craig back soon because we didn't get to half the stuff I wanted to talk about. Either way, make sure you check back next week where I'll have special guests from the CHL top ten ranking teams. Hint: one's from the WHL, and the other, the QMJHL. Until next time.